Hi, welcome to Spooky or Not. I'm Lucas. Jaden is unfortunately sick today, and I hope he feels better, but it will just be me today. In the last episode, we covered how the man in the story got into an altercation with another bigger man on a plane and was hiding in the, ba- hiding in the plane bathroom. And then the plane began to shake, shaking the man against the wall until he, be- he, be- he became unconscious. unconscious. When the man woke up, he was floating in water. When he finally pushes the bathroom door open, he realized the whole plane had flooded and all the passengers were unconscious under the water. He tried to save them all, but they weren't moving at all. He was the only one alive. But where we left off, something sinister is is, uh, scratching on the plane trying to get in. And that's where we left off. The screeching sound got louder as as the water level rose. The front and back of the plane seemed to be taking taking on more water, and I was standing right in the middle. The water level rose as the crack grew, and my feet no longer touched the floor. The water had risen so high that my life preserver was floating me up, floating me up towards the ceiling. The problem was the ceiling was full of jagged edges, wanting to rip me to shreds. <coughs> I rose, unable to stay down, going straight towards the sharp metal and plastic. Suddenly, The plane ripped in two, pulling the edges of the two sides away from me and shooting me up into the surface of the water, while the plane was dragged towards the bottom of the ocean. I bobbed up and down on the ocean waves made I bobbed up and down on the on the ocean waves made worse by the displacement of water from a huge passenger plane. I looked around, but it was dark, and all I could see were stars and a thumbnail moon. I wished the water with I swished the water with my hand, moving it, moving in a circle, but I couldn't see anything. The sea was pitch black with only a shimmer of moonlight reflecting off it. I focused on the shimmer, hoping to see something, a boat, a buoy, anything that might be in the water that could rescue me. After a while, I was about to give up when I saw something pass through the shimmer. It wasn't there for long, and it wasn't far away from me. I started swimming towards, towards it when a terrible thought struck me. What if it was a shark? I stopped swimming and stayed as still as possible. My blood froze even though the water wasn't that cold. I, th- I had no idea where I was or where anyone else was, and I had no desire to become a snack. As these thoughts raced through my mind, making me want to jump out of the water and run towards land, cartoon style, I felt, my s- I felt something touch my leg. My body involuntarily made use of the endless bathroom I was floating in. I didn't move. I used every ounce of determination, fueled by sheer terror, to stay as still as possible. I waited for eternity. Nothing happened. Just as I thought to breathe a sigh of relief, something touched me again. It was toying with me, tenderizing me, waiting for me to lose it and start thrashing around so I could enjoy its meal. It bumped me again, this time on the head. Wait a minute, I thought. Sharks don't jump out of the water. Sharks don't jump out of the water to get what's already in their reach. I took a deep breath and turned around to see what had been touching me. It was a fellow passenger floating in their life preserver. In fact, it was the man who had been in the bathroom. I breathed a sigh of relief. So you made it too, I said. The man stared at me silently. You're not still mad at me for that silly bathroom thing, are you? I said. He refused to speak. Let it go, man, I said. Be happy we made it through this. 
His eyes penetrated mine. Fine, be mad if you want. Then he turned his eyes away from me and, st and stared off into the distance. What, I said. What do you see? What's out there? I turned and scanned the horizon to see it to see what it was he, he had spotted. As hard as it looked, I didn't see anything. What did you... I, I trailed off. He was gone. I was once again alone in the sea of darkness. I questioned if he, I questioned if he had ever been there at all. What was happening to me? Was I losing my mind? As I questioned my sanity, I heard something off in the distance. I listened for a long time before I heard it again. It was a whistle. Not like someone whistling a tune, but a plastic whistle someone would use to call for help. I that this stirred a memory. I looked down at my life preserver and, and sure enough, there was a plastic whistle attached to it. I pulled it free and began blowing it in answer. After several loud blasts, I waited. There was a whistle in answer. I began, I began swimming towards where I heard this sound. After a few minutes, I, s I stopped to rest and blew my whistle again. When the, whis when the return whistle came, I was surprised to find the sound didn't come from in front of me, but off to my right. I must have gotten turned around somehow. I started swimming in the direction of the sound and stopped to blow my whistle. Once again, the once again the answering whistle didn't come from in front of me, but off to the left, almost behind me. Am I swimming too hard and going right past them? I decided to stay still for a few minutes and then blow my whistle. When the answer came, it was completely it was in a completely different spot. I tried to test my theory that it wasn't me that was moving. I stared in the direction of the whistle and waited for a minute. When the answering call this when the answering call came this time, it was behind me. The stranger thing was, the stranger thing was it seemed like no matter what I did, the whistle never got any closer or, fur or further away from me. I was getting creeped out. I stopped whistling. After a while, I heard the whistle again. This time from in front of me. I refused to move or answer. After a while, I heard it again, still in front of me. There was no doubt in my mind someone was playing games. My first and obvious guess was the guy from the bathroom. My first and obvious guess was the guy from the bathroom. He seemed like the kind to play mind games on someone. But would he go further? As far as I kn knew, we were in the ocean alone. I had no idea how many had made it out of the plane, but I was sure the guy wouldn't be able to convince them all to play along with this stupid little game when they were fearing for their lives. The darkness began to fade as the first vestiges of light fought against it, turned the sky steel gray. The light brought me hope and would also bring me answers. This guy could hide and play games in the dark, but light would reveal his deception. As the gray sky turned lighter and gave away to orange, then bright yellow, I saw dots all around the surface of the water. I swam towards one of them, and it was another. And I found another passenger. Glad to see you made it, I said. I was indisposed. I was indisposed at the time. Any idea what happened? The woman looked back at me with empty eyes. Hello, I said, waving my hand in front of her face and snapping my fingers. She didn't respond. I reached over and felt her neck for a pulse waiting to be slapped for being so forward. But the only slap I received was reality. She had no pulse. She was dead. I felt helpless. I wanted to say something to do, s to do something, but there was nothing to, to be done. The woman slowly floated away from me. I looked around and saw several other bo 
bobbing on several others bobbing on the water. There were at least a dozen. Hello, I called. Hello, I called out. Is anyone else alive? My eyes searched the faces one by one looking for any sign of response, but I found none. Hopelessness turned to determination. This was something I could do. I could check these people to see if they were sleeping or... I swam to the closest one and checked for a pulse. Nothing. I swam to the next and the next and again nothing. When I got when I got done checking those I had seen first, a few more popped up a little further away that I must have missed. I checked them all. Until I was done, I had discovered 32 people who had managed to get out of their seatbelts, only to perish some other way. The strange thing was, I didn't notice any obvious injuries. There were no head wounds that I saw, and no cloud of blood circling any of them. It was like they just gave up. I checked the last body, and to my astonishment, it was a man from the bathroom, the same one who had bumped into me last night. Had he been alive then? I thought so, but the more I replayed our encounter, the less I believed he had been alive. More than likely, he had just had ha happened to bump into me as his, as his body floated, floated in the water. As I, as I was pondering this, I saw another body. I swam over to check it and then stopped cold. I recognized this guy. It was someone I had checked already. But that was impossible. I had checked him over a dozen bodies ago. Had I gone in a circle? Everywhere I looked, there was nothing but water, with no frame of reference, and no land. I could have just gotten turned around, and then I looked up. The sun was high in the sky once it started going down. I would have the ultimate reference. I couldn't possibly lose the sun. Then I saw dark clouds on the horizon reminding me how wrong I was. I hoped and wished and prayed <coughs> for them to turn and go in another direction, but they didn't. Slowly they approached like a blanket of doom. As I watched the, the approaching clouds, one of the people near me suddenly disappeared under the water. My eyes grew wide at this apparition. Apparition. They didn't slip out of their life preserver. It would have stayed on the surface. It was fairly sure. I was fairly sure it wasn't my imagination. But I, but after the last few hours, I wasn't a hundred one hundred percent sure of anything. I had entertained the idea that I might be slipping into madness. I couldn't remember the last time I had eaten or drank anything, and I was sure I had swallowed minuscule minuscule amount minuscule amounts of seawater since the crash. Come to think of it, I had been feeling lethargic. I'm pretty sure that's one of the signs of seawater poisoning. Or it could be in fact that it could be in fact that I hadn't slept in who knows how long. As these thoughts rolled through my mind, the passenger bopped up bop popped back up. He looked the same, but his head was tilting to the side a little. I wonder if I was just imagining it when I saw the water around him was tinged with red. It reminded me of the scene in Jaws when the sheriff sees the shark attack, sees the first shark attack with his own eyes, and the camera zoomed in on the shocking, on on his shocked and horrified face. That's how I felt at the at that moment. Only I was watching a movie. The danger was real, and it was swimming right beside me. I looked around and spotted the first fin cruising anonymous, ominously along the water from 
among the bodies. It went under the water as soon as another passenger dipped out of sight. She returned a few minutes later, also with her head listed on its side and a, re and a red tinge to the water surrounding her. The shark must have eaten part of their, part of, or mostly their legs, just disturbing the balance of the body that helped them straight up. And that'll be the end of this episode. And tune in. I mean, so far, I think it's definitely spooky. It could be real, but we'll have to decide that once the story finishes. And yeah, that was this episode. Tune in for part three and coming up in the next couple of days. Thank you for listening and stay spooky.